Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse command team. Welcome back, listeners. This is your Mission Mill Spouse podcast, which was created 18 years ago as Army Wife Talk Radio. Since then, we have significantly expanded and are proud to say that we now serve all military spouses from all branches and all components. We are here for you to help you navigate your way through military life with resources, solidarity, and even some fun. This is episode number 968, and I'm your Director of Administration, Sarah Robichaud. And I'm Amy Fitcher, your Deputy Director of Empowerment. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, we do our best to be authentic, and like many of you, we pursue progress over perfection by embracing the suck. Military life is not always easy, which is why we've got your back with the resources you need to not only survive, but to thrive in your Mill Spouse life. On today's show, we're pumped to share an interview conducted by our Deputy Director, Jolene McNutt, as she chats with our guests, Kelly Bell and Crystal Wallace from Mom to Mom Global a non-profit organization dedicated to breastfeeding, peer support, education, and advocacy for military families. Listeners, did you know that Mission Mill Spouse is 100% volunteer-powered by our team of dedicated military spouses? As such, we are always searching for motivated individuals and businesses to support us in our mission to empower and educate the military spouse community. Please visit missionmillspouse.org to donate or email partner at missionmillspouse.org for more information regarding our extensive partnership program. We thank you for your support. All right, Amy, I am really glad to be hosting with you today. Before we get too far into the show, what is new with you? Um, Lots of things. So since our last talk, Sarah, we actually found out that we, um, in fact, we were talking about just moving to Virginia. And I feel like the Army headquarters must have heard that we must have gotten comfortable and we were finding our way around because they have decided to surprise us with orders and move us again. So, yeah, so we're going to we're going to move which back to a great area. We're very excited about it, but we'll be moving to a new location this summer. So we will only be here for, I guess, 11 months total. So I have been in the throes of telling the kids and telling my landlord. And in fact, I just showed the house for them this evening. And yeah, all all of those fun things that like, what? Wait, okay. Adjust. Mm -hmm. That's a huge adjustment. Oh my gosh. And 11 months is a really quick turnaround. It's a very quick turnaround. I think this will be our third one-year move officially. So they get a little tiring and we do full ditties. So here you go. We're pulling out the tubs and starting to look at them. I haven't really pushed myself to pack one yet, but I'm looking at them. (laughs) I know because once you get started, like then you're fully committed. So you have to wait until you're ready to fully dive in before you even open one of those boxes. Absolutely. And I'm sure others can relate right now. The other part of the joke is that we have the RFO, but we don't have the orders. Oh no. And yet we're supposed to be there within, you know, the first of June. And so I'm literally buying a house in another state right now. And I'm like, okay. Um, Somebody knows what's going on somewhere. So um, just know military spouses, you're not alone. If you don't have orders, we don't either. And um, we're going to make it through. Gosh. And that's what I'm doing. How about you? How about what's going on at your house? Um, well, I am not moving this summer, thankfully. Um, I uh, We've been here for about seven months. And I am happy to say I finally made it to my first spouse coffee since we got here. Nice. Um, I'm kind of an introvert. So that's usually a, a big deal for me. But um, it was kind of an interesting experience. My husband was armor for um, our first 10 years. And so, you know, coffees are a a big regular monthly event that Mm -hmm. happens. And um, it just became, you know, a part of life every month. And then we kind of switched to ROTC for a while where we didn't really have uh, a a cohesive unit or even a spouse group. And then we made the big jump to acquisitions, which is kind of more of the business end of the military. And we kind of live amongst civilians um, who wouldn't understand why we would want to have a coffee at 7 p.m. Anyways, um, but I finally connected with a spouse on Facebook who'd pulled me into their coffee group here. Um, and it's mostly retired spouses, which is a huge change of pace for me and what we were used to. Um, but I'm not really mad about it. I'm kind of a bit of an old soul myself. Um, uh. But the the coolest part of the coffee um 
I'm taking the roundabout way to get to my point here, um, was that uh, the spouse that actually pulled me in to the coffee is actually a fan of our show. Uh, she has listened oh, for wow. years and now her daughter listens. And uh, it was just really cool to meet someone in real life who listens to our podcast. So I'm just going to throw in like a shameless shout out to Wendy from Detroit Arsenal. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> hey, Wendy. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That is so exciting. And the fact that she's already sharing it with her daughter too, that is so much fun. So now we've got another generation going. Yeah, it was just like such, you know, validation that that, you know, we are being heard and that our resources are being used. Um, And it was just nice to meet male spouses in the real world instead of on the computer for once. Absolutely. And I even did a mini a while back about the introverts. They always need like an extrovert friend to help pull them out. So I kind of just I'm just going to shout out to Wendy myself for, hey, reaching out to Sarah and getting her plugged in. And, (laughs) And she's a fan of the show or at least of our stuff. So that's so exciting. Yep. It's working, people. It's working. <laughs> well, one that is one thing I love about Mission Mill Spouse. We get to take our URL online conversations and make them IRL in real life. Thanks for giving us a glimpse into your Mill Spouse experience, Sarah. That is so very cool. Thanks, Amy. Let's keep our program rolling and welcome some of our other Mission Mill Spouse command team members to the mic. Time to tune in to our top news stories from Emma. No news is typically good news in this military life except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our News 6 correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy all and buckle up for this week's New 6 update. New name, who dis? Select bases get name revamp. After a long period of hurry up and wait, nine military bases are going forward with name changes this spring and early summer. Fort Benning will be changed to Fort Moore, named after Lieutenant General Hal Moore and his wife, Julia. If the name sounds familiar, it's most likely because he wrote the book, We Were Soldiers Once and Young, about his time in Vietnam. It was adapted into the blockbuster hit, We Were Soldiers, in 2002. Fort Gordon will be changed to Fort Eisenhower to honor the five-star World War II General Dwight D. Eisenhower, also known as the 34th President of the United States. Georgia likes Ike. Fort A.P. Hill will now be Fort Walker, the first base named after a female. She was the first female surgeon during the Civil War and the only female Medal of Honor recipient. Fort Hood will soon be Fort Cavazos, named after General Richard Cavazos, a Hispanic American whose actions in both the Vietnam and Korean Wars have put him in the history books as an American hero. Fort Lee is getting two new namesakes, both of whom are African American. Lieutenant General Arthur J. Gregg rose from a private to a three-star general, while Lieutenant Colonel Charity Adams led the first African American WAAC unit during World War II. They will share the name Gregg Adams. Fort Pickett will now be Fort Barfoot, a Medal of Honor recipient who earned this honor during his time in the 45th Infantry Division in Italy in 1944. Fort Polk is being renamed Fort Johnson for Army Sergeant William Henry Johnson, a Harlem Hell fighter during World War I. In the Argonne Forest of France, he fought off a German raid and received 21 wounds in the hand-to-hand fighting, receiving the Medal of Honor almost 100 years later. Fort Rucker is named Fort Novacell, the first base to be named after a warrant officer. Army Chief Warrant Officer 4 Michael J. Novacell was an aviator during World War II in Vietnam, saving 29 soldiers in the latter war, receiving a Medal of Honor for his heroic actions during the medevac rescue. And finally, Fort Bragg will be Fort Liberty, after Liberty. Not the most original of the base name changes, but hey, who doesn't like Liberty? A higher percentage than those who like Fort Bragg. So they might be onto something. I kid, I kid. Go airborne and such. For more info, go to DOD.com. Heroes off the clock. In a moment of joint base togetherness, an Army soldier and naval seaman helped save a motorcyclist in San Antonio, Texas. In a road rage incident turned near fatal, a motorcycle ended up smashed into a guardrail on Highway 90 in San Antonio. Navy Hospital Corpsman 2nd Class William Peeler happened to be driving home at the same time and immediately leaped into action, putting his medical know-how to good use. He grabbed a medical kit he drives with and tried to apply a tourniquet to the bleeding man. He was soon joined by Army soldier Lance Burkeen, still in uniform. We worked as a team to do everything we could to help this man, Burkeen told CBS News. My goal was to help stop the bleeding. They stayed with him, stopping the bleeding and treating his badly injured leg until help arrived. Trauma is trauma, Peeler told Task and Purpose, whether it's on the battlefield or on the side of the road. 
The man is now reported to be in stable condition thanks to these two brave military men. No matter what branch or military service members serve under, their response to anyone who needs them or mission they're called to do is what makes them heroes. Basic Needs Allowance to Broaden Eligibility The Basic Needs Allowance is aiming to be raised to 150% above the poverty line, while Congress has also been moving to make BNA tax-exempt. Sitting at 130% above the poverty line before, the military only found about 85 families eligible. Upping the percentage will now make it approachable to 2,500 families. Now up for debate is if BAH should be counted as income while considering eligibility, which right now it does count. DOD's own surveys show that 24% of our service members experience food insecurity, said Senator Kristen Gillibrand. Last year, I met with military families on Staten Island who spoke about the challenges they face in basically putting food on the table to feed their kids. However, very few service members are considered eligible for basic needs allowance since the housing allowance is included in family income calculations. As for the argument for tax exemption, Representative Steve Womack said, Taxing support meant to help the most vulnerable undermines the purpose. BNA should be treated like other military benefits outside of earned income, which is exactly what the bill prescribes. Military members deserve to receive the full value of their military benefits, said Representative Dan Kildee. The basic needs allowance, which helps support thousands of service members and their families, is not income and should not be subject to income taxes. Big things are happening on the congressional floor. Let's hope it brings better food security to our most vulnerable families. Today in history. On April 10, 1912, the Titanic set off for its first and only Atlantic journey. Five days later, the ill-fated ocean liner met a watery grave when it collided with an iceberg. The vessel was not equipped to deal with a mass evacuation, as the designer spent a little too much time on the grand staircase and not enough time making sure there were enough lifeboats for all aboard. 2,224 passengers perished on this maiden voyage and soon became a tragic chapter of American history and lore. It also led to the 1997 blockbuster Titanic, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, which, in turn, led to a plethora of memes down the road. Isn't history funny? It's been a bit more than 84 years since the singing at this point, but it still captivates the American imagination like it was yesterday. That's it for me. I'm Emma Tai with News 6, where information empowers. Thanks to our command team for going the extra mile to bring us these oh-so-encouraging and interesting sound bites each week. Now we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll hear our interview with Kelly Bell and Crystal Wallace. We can't wait. Stay tuned. Mission Mill Spouse, formerly known as Army Wife Network, is continuing our exceptional and long-standing legacy. Now serving all spouses of all branches, we are the longest-running military spouse podcast currently broadcasting our 18th season. In fact, we will break 1,000 episodes in 2023. Don't miss an installment. Subscribe on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or catch our twice-weekly podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Remember, we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Welcome, Mission Millspouse listeners. I'm Jolene McNutt, your Mission Millspouse Deputy Director, and I'm looking forward to today's episode. mom to mom Global is a worldwide network of volunteers who support breastfeeding families and advocates for military families. Their purpose is to provide consistent, high-quality peer support through local chapters and liaisons at U.S. military installations. They also increase access to accredited lactation professionals for all military families and provide a channel to raise awareness and solutions for the concerns of military breastfeeding families. Kelly Quinn and Crystal Wallace are here with us today from mom to mom Global. Kelly Quinn serves as the Director of Advocacy, Support, and Military Relations. Kelly has been volunteering with mom to mom Global since 2019. She has nearly 24 years of service, all in the reserves, and is currently enrolled in mom to mom Global's Military Lactation Counselor Certification Program. Kelly has worked to change DOD-wide policies, including authorization of the lactation undershirt, 
the waiver to the TBMED 530 that authorizes breast milk storage in defect refrigeration and co-authoring a white paper, which led to the publication of the Army's Parenthood, Pregnancy and Postpartum Directive. Kelly has two daughters and works as a nurse care manager in the primary care clinic at the Des Moines VA. She also helps admin the Facebook group, The Army Mom Life. And Crystal Wallace serves as the Military Lactation Counselor Program Director. Crystal graduated with a bachelor's degree from the United States Coast Guard Academy. She served five years active duty and 10 years as a reservist. Crystal obtained her master's degree from Union Institute University, specializing in human lactation. She has been a LLHA League leader in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, and Broward County, Florida. She has also worked as a certified lactation counselor at New Orleans Baby Cafe. She has been with mom to mom Global since 2019 and obtained her IBCLC in December of 2021. Crystal is married to her active duty spouse with two children, one dog, and a cat. Kelly and Crystal, welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having us. I'm really excited. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for taking your time to share your expertise and experience with us today. Let's jump into our questions. Um, will you just give me a little overview? How does Mom to Mom Global operate within military communities? So we have volunteers who decide to start chapters. They can be ambassador chapters, which is when they just have they're only required to have a Facebook page. That Facebook page is supposed to offer what's local in the community to um, provide support, um, provides um, evidence-based information. But then we also have our larger chapters, which will have almost their own board of directors. And they... Um, they're usually a little bit bigger. They'll go ahead and make sure they have permission to operate on base and they'll host in-person meetings and um, also, again, provide support. And they usually will be a conduit. All of our chapters, we try to encourage them to be a conduit between the local community resources and the military community. That sounds incredible. Um, who can get involved? Like, how do you find people, volunteers to start working with you? Um, who who do you work with? It's usually military spouses or military members who um, are in the time of their life that is giving birth and having babies, or they've done it before and want to, you know, give back um, and provide the support that they were given by other military families. And so we really encourage anybody who is interested um, in providing any form of lactation support, whether it's peer-to-peer -peer support or you want to go ahead and go a little farther and get an official certification to volunteer with us and help keep our military communities supported in the lactation world. <laughs> I think that's incredible. Um, okay, so not only do you provide this community support through your volunteers, you also work in policy. Can you um, just give me a little history? How did you get started? How did mom to mom get global? I know you had a little history. How did you get started with that policy change? Um, so um, a lot of the policy change started just from uh, consistent issues that were coming up on the Facebook page. So uh, mom to mom global has a a Facebook page that puts out a lot of information, offers support. Uh, service members can contact us through the Facebook, uh, how to address different issues. And one of the issues that was pretty consistent that was coming up on the Facebook group was there were a couple of different shirts that were uh, specifically designed to aid with lactation. Um, the undershirt has like a crisscross with a flap. So you're covered with whether you're um, chest feeding or pumping, whatever. Uh, so it does provide some privacy. And a lot of service members were being told you can't wear that undershirt because it's not authorized. So I had reached out to, um, I wasn't an official volunteer at the time, but I reached out to some of the uh, board members at the time and they're like, yeah, we can't find anything in policy one way or the other if it's authorized or not authorized. And so I started to kind of research the different policies um, for the different services. Me being Army, I went to our policy first. Ours was kind of generic in that it said that as long as it was the right material and color, you could wear a commercially made shirt. So in theory, it wasn't 
unauthorized, but not officially authorized. The Air Force's policy was a little bit stricter in that you had to wear their issued undershirt. So I started to kind of look into, okay, how do I go about getting this authorized? So with the help of some of the uh, IBLCs, you know, the certified lactation consultants that mom to mom Global has, we put together a proposal and sent it forward to the uniforms branch in the Army. And they said, we don't see an issue with this. It's got to run through the the process. And so ironically, nine months later, they published the policy authorizing the wear of the undershirt. So it came out as an army directive initially. And then I worked with uh, the writers of the uniforms branch as we saw different issues again come forward on the Facebook page um, to update our army regulation AR 670-1. And then in the meantime, other services were seeing this. And so we were able to then provide our information that we had put together to the other services and assist with their processes to get the undershirt authorized in all of the uh, DOD. I can't say uniform services because I don't know about PHS and um, some of the smaller services, but in terms of DOD, every service is authorized to wear the undershirt, which is fantastic. And so again, through that process and the expertise of the volunteers that are with Mom Global, we were able to then continue to kind of make some of these policy changes. And then we had the opportunity as mom to mom global to go before a group of military congressional military liaisons. And so we helped um, to uh, change some of the policies in a couple of the National Defense Authorization Acts working with the military liaisons. So that was pretty exciting. That is tremendous. I mean, to have, you know, an input, I feel like a lot of times you hit a, a brick wall, but nine months, you birthed a whole new policy <laughs> and it just rippled across the DOD. How incredible is that? I mean, that's phenomenal. <laughs> um, uh, as you got more involved, have did you have either of you had any um, policies that have affected you in ways that either positively, negatively, things that you've changed because of your experiences? I'd love to hear just your own personal perspectives. Um, so I... By the time most of these policies came out that were beneficial to breastfeeding parents, I had already had my kids and had, you know, I think, I think at the time when I had my first, I was still active duty and I believe I was only authorized, what was the original six weeks? Um, And then the rest of it I had. So I think I ended up pulling from my own stash of personal leave to get eight weeks is what I ended up with. Um, and I was a breastfeeding mom. I did not have, we didn't have a lactation room. So often if I was thankful and I had an office at the time, I was a supervisor and had an office. I was no longer in, in cubicle land. Um, so I was able to pump in my own office, but I had, I had a coworker who was junior to me and she often pumped in the locker room because we didn't have a lactation room at the time. Um, thankfully for us though, I mean, we worked, we were both coasties. We worked in, um, Marine. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's okay. We'll just pause for a second. It'll come back to you. (laughs) We're Marine inspectors. So we were on the road a lot. And so really for me, I had to be creative on how to pump because I'd get into work and I wasn't in an office space. I was on the road in shipyards. Um, but what it has helped me do is now I know the importance of policy, but it's also helped me to be a better mentor to junior officers, to, to enlisted members on how to make breastfeeding work in, in a creative environment because it's, it, it's not one size doesn't fit all. And so now I know that, Hey, let's get creative. You you can be successful. We just have to think outside the box. I think that's so, um, so true that especially your experience of, you know, having to get creative. And I think that, um, that speaks to maybe that policy too, that maybe the policy can't be so tight 
it needs to have some flexibility and some some availability um, for you as a breastfeeding or chest feeding mom to be able to have that space that you need to um, to both do your job and be a mom. Um, Kelly, how about you? Has uh, policy affected you in any way? Yeah, so my story is a little bit similar to Crystal's in that none of these policies that um, have been implemented have affected me as a parent. So I was, you know, past my um, early motherhood stages as well. Um, my children, I both had them and I had six weeks off as well. We had only a four month deferment before we were eligible to go away um, for training or deployments or anything. and. I was lucky in that I had really good chain of command that was very, very supportive. And so I never had problems uh, continuing to pump while I was um, on duty. I even was able to go out to the range and pump. You know, I I had a lot of support. Um, But when you look at, like Crystal was saying, the lower ranking soldiers, they don't have those same opportunities a lot of time and they feel that they don't have a voice to say even if the policy does exist to to advocate for themselves so the policies that are put in place now they don't affect me as a parent but they affect me as a leader and that i'm better able to care for my soldiers in that holistic manner knowing that you know they're a soldier their parents Etc. And so now the policies are in place to really help them to be successful in their uh, breastfeeding journey all the way up. Now in, in the army, there's coverage up to uh, as long as 24 months um, for accommodations and even a little bit beyond that. So it's really a fantastic how the policies have evolved and now uh, the leaders are able to use those as tools to assist their, their service members. I really admire both of your stories that um, not only did the policies impact you and maybe not a very um, positive way, but that you had some uh, leadership or the ability to maneuver within it. Um, But now you see even more uh, the value and how you have turned that into something beneficial for your own for your own chain of command and your own people that you're working with. So I don't want to just say soldiers because we've got Coasty here too. So, <laughs> and we're mission mills files. We do it all. So, um, so I just, I really admire that. I think that that um, it shows, it just shows your uh, like sightedness to seeing the whole person. Um, and I think that that's so valuable. I was just this week listening into um the Blue Star families, uh, family, uh, their survey report um, from the 2022 survey that they did, and they had all the data. And, and one of those questions is retention. And um, I think that this is one area that maybe your um, your work can really maybe make a difference in um, helping people stay in the military. You know, they've gotten there, but they also want to have, you know, a life beyond just the military. Imagine that <laughs> a family maybe too. And, and so I just, I really admire that. I think that you two are doing some really gold mom to mom global is doing some really amazing work. Okay. I'm going to shift just a little bit. Um, okay. So we've heard your experiences, but now I'd really like to hear, um, more about why you think mom to mom global is important and how um how someone can get involved really how can how can someone reach out to you and what um what's an ideal maybe person that that wants to get involved what do you what does that look like for someone it's important i mean i wish i had known about mom to mom global when i was having my babies um it's a phenomenal support network and if you're lucky enough to have a chapter in your in your local community, I 100% encourage people to join because it's, yes, our focus is um, encouraging breastfeeding and helping provide the support that is often lacking in some of our more remote locations that, you know, the military can sometimes be stationed in places that just there, it's a desert for resources. So now you're utilizing the amazing genius of military spouses and military members working with each other to help make sure people are successful in the breastfeeding realm, breast and chest feeding realm. So it's, and it's a community that understands the unique struggles of what military families experience 
And because we have a combination of military spouses and military members that are volunteering and providing this knowledge, um, it just really speaks to a military family soul. I mean, it just kind of covers all of the strange things that only we can (laughs) discuss with (laughs) each other. Um, Getting involved is super easy. Uh, We have our webpage and um, there is a link in the webpage that you can go ahead and fill out. And then you will get an email back from our um, chief of operations, Miss Kay Mejias, who is literally just the most amazing mill spouse I have ever met. I mean, just she holds us together. She's super organized. She's great at, you know, helping everybody get started. Um, I just think if you, if your passion is supporting moms and babies that find um, chest and breastfeeding important, then this is a great place for you. I think that sounds phenomenal and amazing. And it just speaks to, um, I think the beauty of a military family, right? As the greater military family, we may not have our own, um, you know, families to lean on. And so just another deeper, especially in such a big life change of having a baby, that's so much goes on. And I think, um, I think baby to baby, even things are different. And so um, just having that military, greater military family and a place where you can connect and be supported. What, how how beautiful is that? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay. I I was going to add to that, you know, because just the military lifestyle, most folks aren't getting, they're not giving birth by their biological family, you know, parents and other people that would normally be their support network because we move around. And so now you could have a family. They've just moved to a new location. They have a brand new baby. Mom knows no one or dad knows no one, you know, or neither because, you know, whatever. And so through mom to mom, you can start to immediately build those relationships locally for that peer support, those friendships, the even, you know, as beyond the um, breastfeeding, but, you know, a play date as, you know, your kids get older because we're not where we grew up, we've moved away. So um, we don't know a lot of folks sometimes. Yeah, I think I think that's a huge, huge um, need, but also um, a wonderful way for people to get involved and a run- wonderful reason for people to get involved and say, even if you maybe aren't having babies anymore, maybe um, you still want those connections and and want to support and, you know, help someone else out um, who's going through those big life changes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly and Crystal, for sharing your personal experiences with not only breastfeeding and your experience as service members, um, but also with your tremendous work with mom to mom Global. It's really encouraging and empowering. And I think that our listeners are going to really enjoy um, just learning about you. If you want to learn more about mom to mom Global, you can visit their website. We've already mentioned it a few times, but I don't know if we've spelled it out. So it's mom2momglobal.org. And keep in mind that the two is a numeral too. So mom2momglobal.org. Okay, stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Kelly Quinn and Crystal Wallace from mom to mom Global. After a quick break, we will talk about the military lactation certification and how you can get involved. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company, or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with Kelly Quinn and Crystal Wallace from Mom to Mom Global. Okay, let's continue this conversation. Tell me more. Why? Um, what is the military lactation certification, and why did you create it? So it's a lactation counselor uh, training course. We, I think, are 53 hours um, of lactation education. We uh, originally, 
um, before I started with mom to mom and it's still a policy, but the policy was that any of our volunteers that were in leadership positions within mom to mom global were required to have some form of, um, formal lactation education or lactation certification. So we counted the certified, uh, the CLC, the CBS, um, even La Leche League, if you were a certified La Leche League leader, because they knew there was an accreditation, um, there's some type of training. So that was a requirement for our senior volunteers or anybody who ran a chapter. But it was really hard for our volunteers to actually meet those requirements because all of this was pre-COVID. So all of these all of these training courses required you to go to a location that usually was not near where you lived. They're not cheap. They're pretty hefty in expense. (laughs) And then you're traveling, paying for yourself to stay somewhere outside of your home. And then there's the whole issue of childcare. So we found it was really not cost effective for our families and it was really challenging um, and so our previous executive director, Amy Barron Smolinski, and our previous education director, uh, Felicia Floyd, the two of them sat down and go, how do we fix this? And they were like, how do we make this accessible? Because we have it as a requirement to ensure that our families get evidence-based care. But if we can't, if people can't afford to get this training, then we're not meeting the needs of our volunteers and we're not meeting the needs of the families who need our volunteers. And so from what I hear, the story goes, Felicia was like, let's do it ourselves. (laughs) And that's exactly what they did. They were like, let's do it ourselves. Um, And since we're going to do it ourselves, let's make sure that a lot of this course focuses on some of the unique needs of military families. Um, The course is really heavy on diversity and inclusion too, because we know how our military families are made up of just a vast plethora of races and religions and just, it's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they made sure that we include a lot of culturally sensitive, you know, care tips and stuff with it. So that's, that's how it came to be. Um, and so we make sure that our volunteers go through this course. Um, our volunteers get a heavily reduced rate, um, cause we do have to charge cause it is a lot of work to run this and thankfully running the, um, the lactation course helps keep run covers all the costs of what it costs to run this gigantic organization that is volunteer based. <laughs> we know that one. <laughs> gigantic organization, volunteer based, you still need a little bit of funding to keep the you know lights on and website going. <laughs> oh my goodness. What a um I, I just feel like, isn't that the ingenuity of military families of saying, you know what, there's not something that fits us. We let's just create it. Why are we going jumping through all these crazy hoops when we can create something that's um, more applicable and fits our uh, families better? How phenomenal is that? Oh, that's great. Um, I'd love for you to kind of dive into um, the diversity and inclusion a little bit more, if you could, if just tell us a little bit more what led to that. And um, obviously the diversity of our military families is beautiful. And I agree with you. That's one of my favorite things about being a military family myself is just the um, different cultural experiences and different um, friendships we've made and different, um, I mean, the things that I have learned and and grown and um, just been able to experience personally has been phenomenal. And so I think this is so important that that your program is uh, taking that into consideration. So it's, it's, we're, it's always been a foundation of the organization to be inclusive. Um, And when Amy and Felicia decided that this is what they were going to do, they wanted it to also be the basis of the education program as well. Um, And it's, 
it's just make, cause we're not always going to be providing care to people who are just like us. And so there's a lot of focus on recognizing your own personal bias, understanding your own personal bias and trying to work through that so that everybody who receives care from you is going to receive good quality care and understanding that you're going to provide care to people who have completely different belief system than you, but you can still provide them the care they need and you can still, um, do it in a loving and, and, you know, helpful manner. And, um, so I will say some of the stuff in our course, if you, watch some of it's, it's deep. It can be raw. It can be emotional, but, and we've had a lot of things happen in this country in the past couple of years that there's a lot of fresh open wounds. Um, and I have had students go, I, I don't know how I feel about all of, Mm. all of these topics. It's, it's a lot for me. Um, they're like, I could have done without them. And I'm like, you could have, but I'm not going to let you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> um, so it can be for some people, it can be a little jarring, but what I have loved because I do a lot of the grading, um, I have loved when I, we do a lot of self-reflection in the course and it has been beautiful to hear some of the self-reflections on inner bias and recognizing bias and, um, just kind of overcoming it. And the biases don't have to be the biases we think right off the bat. Right. You know, all the race and religion stuff. I mean, that's That's important too. It really is. But there's a lot of, you know, we've had people that are from different countries and just trying Mm -hmm. to get over American culture. And like, I don't understand why you guys do it this way. And I'm struggling to provide care because I come from a culture that's a little harsher and I need to be softer. <laughs> um, so it's pretty in depth. I think we we hope to take it um, and maybe add more in there as we can get more help and get some more professional um, insight into it as well. Yeah. We're always going to keep continuing to push diversity and inclusion and continue to push culturally competent care culturally sensitive care, um, knowing that your way may not always be the right way and just having to, to keep growing and changing and be inclusive. So that's, that's the, that's the foundation of the organization to begin with. Um, and so we just continue to push that through our education program as well. I think that also speaks to the way that you care for your families as volunteers, as a community, um, to really just, you know, maybe for a moment, stop and think that, Perhaps this person's not coming from the same experience that you are and that you've had. And so to be able to just pause for a second and and step aside and think about it, especially a big change in life. And, you know, if they're really um, struggling through something with a new baby, um, already there's enough going on. But to have somebody that can take a moment and just think for a second, okay, how can I approach this in a way that will be best for mom and baby? And I think that that's um, that is really important and really beautiful. And I'm Oh, I'm so glad to be talking with you all today. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you look at our military, I mean, we're so diverse. And even mm-hmm. the three of us, none, neither of us, none of us live where we grew up mm-hmm. because of the military. So even our own experiences within the U.S. moving around, you know, we, you know, one state has one culture, one, even a city within that state might have a subculture. And then you move to, you know, a whole other state that has their own culture. And then you throw in different races and religions. And we have people that serve in the military that weren't even born or didn't grow up in the U.S. either. And then we also, as the military, get stationed in other countries, you know, so (laughs) you have to be open to all those other cultures and mindsets because that's that's our military which again is a beautiful thing and it's it's what makes our country i think so special and unique and our military but you can't just focus on you know one subset because that's not the military the military is very diverse so we need to include everyone and even how one person defines family you know mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a man and a woman anymore either. Right. right so right. we have this wonderful, you know, technology now where you can have same gender couples that are having babies mm-hmm. and you can have, um, you know, the lactate, you can 
do relactation even. I mean, so there's a lot of things out there that is, um, you know, behind the diversity and inclusion, especially when you look at our military, that's so diverse. So this is, I wish we could talk all day on this. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to just do a little turn, uh, because now I'm curious and I would like to learn more about how to enroll. If somebody's interested, what's the next step to take? And do you call it the milk program? Because I see we have it spelled M-I-L-C and and I love that military lactation certification, but do you call it milk? We call it milk and it's, yeah. (laughs) So great. (laughs) So um, it is, I'm trying to remember the the full website. (laughs) Military lactation counselor. If you Google military lactation counselor course it'll pop up it is also linked in our web page um and there is a registration form that is within the when you google it uh or within our web page um it's pretty easy we just changed our pricing a little bit if you have a dod id card so if you are a military spouse a military member a military civilian you know a civilian member uh, that works for the the services we have a pretty heavily discounted it's like 50 it's almost it's not 50 percent off but it's it's really cheap <laughs> um so yeah, there's a registration form. And then again, the lovely Kay Mejias will get in contact with you and kind of get you set up. So you'll fill out the registration form. And before you pay, I always recommend talk, talking to um, Kay Mejias, which you can contact her at milk at momtomomglobal.org. If you have questions, she can answer those before you fill out the registration because she'll make sure that you have, um, if you have a discount, like if a discount code applies to you, she will make sure that you can have it discounted. She'll make sure she walks you through because we do take payment plans because we know that not everybody can come up with that money right away. Um, And then for our military members and even our military spouses, we understand that there's going to be interruptions to your life, like PCS or deployments. (laughs) Um, So if you are having problems completing the course or you are just struggling and have to take a a timeout for whatever reason, I mean, most of the time you will talk with Kay or myself directly. um, And then we just try to work with you on how to fit it in. I mean, we're still, because we're still such a small course and because we're a small organization um, that runs it, it's sometimes exhausting for us, but we, it's kind of custom and catered. Like we (laughs) talk to our students directly. If they have questions, they email me. Sometimes I get text messages. I mean, it's, (laughs) we really try to work with fam, with our students because we know that our lives are crazy. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's super easy. I suggest get onto our, our mom to mom global webpage. There's a link for milk within that. Um, there's a registration form. And then if you have any questions that you want to ask before getting to that point of filling out the registration form, milk at M I L C at mom to mom global.org. Okay. While you were talking, I Googled it just to see, first of all, it came up. It's immediately when I put in military lactation certification, you're right at the top. So that was easy to find, but also it's momtomomglobal.org forward slash milk, M-I-L-C hyphen certification. And it'll bring you right to the page. Super easy. Um, And then that email address is also there. So that was really easy to find. So excellent information. Um, Where else can our listeners go to learn more about your empowering resources? We have a Facebook page for, we have Military Lactation Counselor Facebook page, and we have mom to mom Global Facebook page as well. And if you just type in mom to mom Global, it pops right up in the same thing with Military Lactation Counselor Court. Um, and then we have an Instagram page for mom to mom Global. And we're working on TikTok. <laughs> we're, 
that's we're all kind of out of the TikTok era. And so we're <laughs> hoping that we get some volunteers that are a little more savvy in the reels department. Say, right, we listeners. are looking for volunteers out there that are good with social media. Yes, listeners, so listening. Twitter, you know, Instagram, TikTok. So if anyone's good with that, wants to volunteer, check out our website. <laughs> we'll get them hooked up and connected with you. And your TikTok will be off the charts. <laughs> I don't know. Is that even, it's probably old people saying there. <laughs> right, same. That's why we don't, we're not the ones doing the TikTok. Scene. Same, same. <laughs> All right. Well, as we wrap up our conversation, this has been so enlightening, so encouraging. Um, we always ask our guests one question. So what is one piece of advice or what is a piece of advice that you'd give our listeners uh, to ma- navigate military life with respect to your area of expertise? So for me, my um, area of expertise is policy. So I always encourage uh, service members to know the regulations. That's always the starting point. Um, know what um, the regulations say you know, about whatever area. So of course, for this, if you're going back to work after leave or whatever, what policies pertain to you in terms of lactation accommodations, et cetera. And um, also, I think it's important to reach out to people if you're not one that is comfortable advocating for yourself. Uh, That's one of the benefits to our Facebook group is that a lot of service members will, like I said, earlier, they'll send us messages. So then we can help them, you know, how do they approach their chain of command? Not all chain of commands are supportive or approachable. Um, And we see lots of times they'll walk in even with the regulation printed out with stuff highlighted and their chain of command is like, nope. And, you know, I'm not going to follow that. And so it's working with those service members and mentoring them and helping them to advocate for themselves. And then sometimes even reaching out um, on behalf of service members, if they request that, of course, um, is something that we we will also do because we do have a lot of service members that are volunteers. So we try to, you know, ping those folks to help um, to help advocate for the service members. That's so great, Kelly. Crystal, how about you? Do you have a little advice you could share with our listeners? I do. I would. I like to tell spouses and military parents to. Um, Look for your resources for breastfeeding or any of your child care wishes and wants and needs. Look for those resources for help while you're pregnant. Because um, sometimes it's really hard when you're deep into the lack of sleep and infant care to find what's out there around you. Mm-hmm. So when you're pregnant, start looking in your local community and see what's out there for you. Um, and if you're struggling, you can contact us. We'll help you find stuff too. I mean, that's <laughs> what we're here for, but look for the, look for the lactation resources early for my military members, have the conversation about pumping and, and, all of that fun stuff with your supervisors before you go on maternity leave. It makes it a lot easier to have that conversation before than after. Um, this way, you know, the expectations and they know what's, they know what's expected when to come back to. Um, and then in the realm of child, like medical care, you know, we don't, sometimes we're, we're stuck with the MTFs, but there are times when we are able to kind of get out of that when it comes to uh, medical care for our children. So find out what the policies are for um, pediatric care for your children. And if you have the option to find a pediatrician, you can interview your pediatricians and find out if their their, um, approach to care is in line with what you want for your child. And I wish I had had that advice given to me when I had had my first um, and even my second, I kind of didn't figure it out. And they were a little (laughs) older, but find out what you're allowed to do, find out where you're allowed to take your kids and take the time to interview your doctors for your children. And sometimes just having a pediatrician that you can trust and that you know is supportive of your parenting style and supportive of lactation can really 
help make your lactation journey that much easier because sometimes speed bumps happen along the way and having a supportive pediatrician really can make all the difference. That is, I think I'm going to end it there. I'm not going to add anything. (laughs) That's both of you. Thank you for your advice. And um, Kelly and Crystal, thank you for joining me today to help empower our military spouses and service members to advocate for themselves and their family needs, um, especially as their families are growing. Thank you um, for serving our community and and sharing your expertise and knowledge with us today. But also thank you for um, taking your time and and volunteering with Mom to Mom Global. I think the communities that you're creating are really empowering and, and, and incredible for our military families. Listeners, you can reach out to mom to mom global at advocacy at mom to mom global.org or at mom to mom global.org. Thanks again to our today's guests, Kelly Quinn and Crystal Wallace. I really appreciate your time today. Now let's return to our mission mill spouse podcast studio and hear reflections from our hosts. for the course for yet another excellent interview. Thanks again to Kelly Bell and Crystal Wallace for joining us this week and sharing all about their nonprofit mom to mom Global. If you'd like to connect with Kelly and Crystal or are interested in learning more, you can check out their website at momtomomglobal.org and that's the number two. You can also connect with them on social media on Instagram at momtomomglobal and on Facebook at momtomomglobal breastfeeding and combat boots. Amy, what stood out to you from this interview? Man, I just love, once again, hearing the stories of people out there saw a need and like it was a couple of these spouses that at their kitchen table started forming this idea and turned this into a full-blown program and a mission to help fellow military women and spouses and each other. And I just, I love that. I love the teamwork. I love hearing about, they were like, we couldn't get the course and make it more accessible. So guess what? We're going to do it ourselves. And just the thinking outside the box, you know, they, they did the work and they got it done. And it just seems like it's an amazing help. It's so needed. It's just an amazing help. I didn't even know it existed. So I love, I love learning and my children are much, much older and I wouldn't have known about it, but I'm so impressed. I am too. I also really enjoyed their, their acronym um, for their counselors as MILC, M-I-L-C, Military Lactation Counselors. I thought I I really liked that play on words there. Same. Yeah. And and what did they, with the t-shirts, I love the, how they just really went to battle for, it's not regulation. Okay, great. Let's see how we can get that one fixed. Like, let's make it one step simpler or a little bit easier for these moms to get to. I, I mean, it's just hard enough working as a working spouse and a new mother, and you're trying to already just navigate those things and to have to go find a room and to find somewhere comfortable to even try to pump. I, I just, all power to these moms that, and these people that are doing this, it's a lot. So I'm so grateful that they stepped up and saw that need and started working on it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, being a mom is hard enough and, and it's really nice that these, these awesome women saw this need and they really stepped up and figured out how to make a change and really helped uh, a lot of these, these women, the service members and the the spouses um, to just for it to be better for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about you? What do you like that? What did you take away from that? Um, I guess what really stuck with me was their, their focus and dedication to, I think they called it culturally sensitive training, um, where they really honed in on, um, training their counselors on inclusivity and diversity and, you know, working through those difficult conversations about their own biases so that, you know, they are able to bring this quality of care to people, regardless of their background and who they are, that, you know, they can check their bias at the door and still be able to provide this high quality service and to help people um, with no barriers. I thought that was really an awesome service that they did as part of their training. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I think more people just need the conversations in general of the struggles of just even a new parent in general. And then it just kind of made me chuckle for a second because I was thinking they're probably having to explain just even to some senior leaders and some men, you know, no offense to the men out there, but sometimes they are a little bit more clueless. And (laughs) I remember when I even had my daughter, my husband was just, he had no little nieces and nephews yet, no experience with little kids. It was just him and his brother. And his first question was how long would it be for our daughter to open her eyes after she was born? (laughs) Like she was a puppy. And I just remember cracking up and thinking he is one of those guys that would be like, I don't know. We need a room. Like, why do the women need to pump? Is this a 
then like, why doesn't, if that happens at home and he would be clueless that I'm like, Hey, listen, you're nursing. You have to nurse every few hours or every couple of hours. Like I just, the struggle for the women to get the support or, or the, any of the new parents, I love the, the groundbreaking, we're getting there. We're getting some more conversations on the table, I guess is what I'm saying to get them time off and to get them the support that they need. Yes. And um, I love that. I do too. That's awesome. And I'm not going to lie. I think that the conversation needs to be had too with, I'm going to do a shameless plug once again for the chaplain's corner, since we have one doing our blog, but mm-hmm. If you don't have the support that you need, to, you need to go talk to the supervisor and be like, I need to be able to pump. I need to be able to do this comfortably. And if you're not getting the support and the supervisor is not as helpful or can't help you, they can always go to their chaplain. Um, because I love what they said, that even their training, this isn't faith-based. It's not your opinions. None of that matters. This is a new a, a mom, a new parent that's trying to provide for their child. And if that need is not being met or they're not getting the space they need, they have an advocate. And once again, that's what the chaplain is there for too. He's, you know, his job is to go or her job is to go see that supervisor and be like, Hey, listen, this is an issue. We need to get it taken care of. How can we get that done for them? So there are people out there too, that if if you're not ready to go do that conversation by yourself, or if it's been difficult or you're reaching a roadblock, there are resources. So I just want to throw that out there too. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So military life, resources, and great people. See, two of my favorite things. Speaking of more resources and people, this week's Resource Recon is all about our ultimate PCS one-stop. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, we have faced our fair share of relocations, cities, government moves, overseas stints, and everything in between. We've been there and done that. We've packed, and we even have the stickers to prove it. With all that experience, we know how stressful it can be. Packing and loading means moving all of your belongings, special things, irreplaceable heirlooms, and none of us really want things broken or damaged. While we can't ensure that there won't be any casualties of a PCS, we can help you prepare to make the move a little smoother. We know it can be a lot of information, so we have it broken down into smaller sections on our website to help you stay on top of your PCS. If you visit missionmillspouse.org slash ultimate dash PCS dash one dash stop, you can learn more. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Amy. Um, you mentioned you were getting ready to PCS very soon. Uh, I wanted to know if you could give our listeners just one piece of advice that maybe you wish you had known when you were just starting out as a new military spouse um, that could be useful. Well, this blog was a lifesaver for one. Um, I love to search all the pages and I am a big, big fan of Amazon lists and spouses have been so great to put their favorite PCS products in an Amazon list and they will share it with you. In fact, I have one that I send out to people and my all time favorite thing in the world is the saran wrap. And they have the giant one with the handles that you can wrap your couches with. And then they have these little small ones with this cute little handle. And my kids think I'm crazy because I run around and I am saran wrapping kid boxes and puzzle boxes. I'm I'm doing makeup drawers. I'm doing silverware drawers. I mean, if it is even looks like it's open or can leak, it is getting wrapped with my little saran wrap. And it's been a lifesaver. That's awesome. And that's like 17 ditties down. I think, well, no, maybe 13, 14 ditties down, several moves. But yeah, my favorite wow, thing. So you are you are a pro. So I'm going to write yeah, that down. We have it down. Myself. Use an Amazon list and get saran wrap. <laughs> that's right. I'll send you my shopping list if you need it. Those and the giant Ziploc baggies, all good things. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's excellent advice. I want to say that 11 years ago, as a new military spouse myself, I used the resources that Mission Mill Spouse had, which was then Army Wife Network, to help me plan for our first PCS, and I would not have been successful without it. Our final fantastic resource for today comes from our Director of Empowerment, Amanda Bignes, with her Empowerment Patrol Report, showcasing our Everyday Empowerment recipient. Let's listen in. We here at Mission Mill Spouse never doubt the strength of our military spouse tribe. Here is our Director of Empowerment with this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Hello, Mission Mill Spouse listeners. This is your Director of Empowerment speaking, Amanda Bickneys, bringing you this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Today, we are showcasing our everyday empowerment recipient, Stephanie Kernow, who was nominated by Amanda Krieger. Amanda shares, Stephanie opened 27 West with the intention to hire military spouses, and she has done so. As a military spouse herself, she understands the challenges that military spouses face with their frequent moves and gaps in their resume. 
she doesn't see these things as a problem. Rather, she empowers other military spouses by seeing their talents and offering gainful employment. By opening 27 West, Stephanie has encouraged me to shop small, connected me with military spouse-owned and veteran-owned businesses, and helped me find confidence through fashion. On behalf of Mission Mill Spouse, thank you so much to Stephanie for doing your part to empower military families all across the globe. Until next time, I'm Amanda Bickneese reminding you, empowered spouses empower spouses. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, military spouses are our primary focus. We have more than 2,600 blogs with topics including PCS, parenting, career guidance, humor, deployment, and more. Whether you're dating a service member, have just said I do as a new spouse, or are a seasoned spouse with a whole collection of PCS stickers on your furniture, we have something for you. But hey, don't just take our word for it. I'm Lindsay, and when my husband joined the military, I was completely lost when it came to assimilating to military life and culture. This organization made me feel like I had support, a new community I could lean on, and equip me with invaluable information about military spouse life. Tap into all of our empowering resources at missionmillspouse.org or follow us across all social media platforms at Mission Millspouse. Congratulations, Stephanie Kernow. We'll be in touch soon. Thanks for your empowerment within our military community. As they say, time flies when you're empowering military spouses. As we near this episode's conclusion, note that we drop not just one, but two podcast episodes each week. Tune in each Thursday for a shorter version of our podcast when our command team members get personal and chat about their lessons, lives, and challenging moments within their military spouse lives. Mark your calendars for our next full-length episode when we chat with Natalie Walters, author of Blind Trust. Don't miss out. And as we wrap up, we invite you to consider joining us on our mission in other ways. We are always seeking bloggers to contribute once per month submissions. All spouses from all branches and all components are welcome. Finally, if you have a resource that applies to military spouses, inquire about being a guest on our podcast. Our season books up quickly, so don't wait. Email hello at missionmillspouse.com or send us a direct message on any of our social media outlets. Well, I think we have to redo that. I think it's missionmillspouse.org. That's what I was, <laughs> I didn't know if the email counted. Yeah, I guess it I would be org. I think it's org. Sorry. All right. Sorry, Brittany. Now we're good. And as we wrap up, we invite you to consider joining us on our mission in other ways. We're always seeking bloggers to contribute once a month submissions. All spouses from all branches and all components are welcome. Finally, if you have a resource that applies to military spouses, inquire about being a guest on our podcast. Our season books up quickly, so don't wait. Email hello at missionmillspouse.org or send us a direct message on any social media outlet. Whether you're stateside, overseas, or temporarily living in a hotel with your service member, two dogs, a cat, and three kids, please remember that we're here to help you navigate your military life journey. We're cheering you on. No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember that we've been there and you are not alone. We've got your six. This is your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Mill Spouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.